Have you ever had the situation in the kitchen where you start to cook something and you're you're waiting for this to get done so you can do that and you, and all of a sudden it dawns on you that you're going to end up eating around nine o'clock if you keep going in the direction you're going. And so there's a part of you that goes, you know what? Hey, mac and cheese. We're eating mac and cheese for dinner. And what's great about that idea is who doesn't love mac and cheese? And I say this because I'm excited to bring you the content I have today, but I was about three-fourths of the way through what I was going to talk about today, and I went, uh, this needs to go back in the oven. This is why, much like the kitchen, you know how you have your pantry with like, you know, here's some some cream corn and some sort of salad, rice, broccoli thing, stuff that you can just pull out and go, oh yeah, everybody loves this. And for me, I mean, you can use OneNote, you can use Notion. I use Evernote. I know a lot of people right now are really upset with Evernote. And so I'm gone to my pantry. We're going to talk about why it's important to run your podcast like a business. I'm going to reflect on podcast movement a little bit. We've got some tools for how to get found. And the one and only Glenn the Geek was in my studio. And so we're going to get his latest road report. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005. I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for joining me on my mission to rid the world of boring podcasts. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. You can use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up at schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. And I like to start off with a because of my podcast story. And I interviewed Adam Curry a little while ago, and he was talking about the value for value model. And I was listening to the podcasting 2.0 show and this came on and I was like, holy cow. Yesterday on no agenda, something outrageous happened. We got an Insta Duchess donation of $10,000. Holy crap. That my words exactly. Jeez. That's never happened. We've had big numbers before. With no agenda, we have different levels and a night is $1,000. It really was just a gamified thing that everybody liked. And then we added the rings and people like that. Yeah. And God almighty, 10 grand. You know what I didn't hear after we did our show? I didn't hear anyone or see any emails from anybody saying, well, I don't have to support you now, do I? Yeah. And that's that believe me, that fear, I've had that fear. I I had it for many, many, many years until I figured out that it's just not how it works. It's just not how it works, and I wish I could put this into science somehow. In yeah. fact, I predict quite the opposite. I think other people for a little bit maybe might step up with some bigger donations. And, and yeah. yes, people will drop off, and the thing is it always evens out. It evens out. We've grown, I think, year over year, you know, five to 10%, maybe a little bit more during the Rona. But in general, it's just been a very, like Bitcoin, <laughs> just a very, if you even it all out, you smooth out the curve. It's just a slow, slow, slow build. And it just evens out. I wish I could explain it. I wish I could. It, it's hard to say. You, you get exactly what you deserve. Holy cow. 10 K. My interview with Adam 
is schoolofpodcasting.com slash 780. If you want to check out Podcasting 2.0, uh, you can go to value, the number four value.io. And if you want to check out some new podcast apps, go to newpodcastapps.com. And the more I study this value for value model, and I've been listening to Adam for years, I'm not going to start saying this. If you found this show of value, and you don't want to join the School of Podcasting, but you would like to support the show, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash value, and there'll be a few ways there that you can support the show. Coming up, we've got another visit from Glenn the Geek Hebert from the Horse Radio Network. He was actually in my studio. I, I was making radio shows for fun. If, if Everybody does it. If, everybody I know. Does. Shut up! I have some of the best listeners. And my buddy, Brennan Ushio, who I first learned about from the Utah Podcast Summit, and now he has a new event called Share Your Pod. And uh, this is something that happened in July. And for the record, if you're having any kind of event, feel free to email me or contact me any way you want to and let me know about it. I'll be happy to let my audience know either via email and Facebook and all that other things. But I'm always finding out about these events that I would have probably gone to, except they already happened. So he says, I listened to your episode uh, 786. So let me give you a quick recap in case you didn't hear that. This was the one, the episode was called, What Makes This Podcast Great? The Jordan Harbinger edition. At the end, I interviewed Tanner Campbell and he was saying there's a discoverability problem. Well, I was confused because when I typed in golf podcast, I had no problem discovering podcasts. Well, Tanner explained to me that there is findability, which is what I was doing, and discoverability. Discoverability is where an artificial intelligence, our good friend AI, uh, follows you, watches you somehow to where it understands what you like and then suggest things that you're probably going to enjoy, but you don't know exist. That is discoverability. And I said, that's very interesting. I now understand the difference between the two. To me, I still think the non-digital version of that is word of mouth. Because if you think about it, something that follows you around, that understands what you would like, and then recommends it to you, even though you probably haven't heard about it. I have those. It's not artificial intelligence. It's actual intelligence. And I call them my friends. So I understand there is no digital form of that. So that's that whole discussion in a nutshell. But I was like, okay, cool. I understand that. I did meet Tanner at uh, Podcast Movement. And here's why I like Tanner Campbell. He thinks differently than I do. And I need somebody like that. So I am definitely a fan of understand before being understood. In fact, I have an episode coming in the future where we're going to talk about media hosts. And that's hard for me because I work for one, but I'm trying to present it in a very factual, this is what they do. This is a feature. This is what that feature does kind of thing. So that's coming in the future. But back to Brandon's email here. He said, I, I listened to episode 786 and he said, I've talked to Tanner pretty ex extensively about this, but wanted to see what my thoughts were on this. He said, because uh, both of you are making some pretty big assumptions about podcasts to come to those conclusions. So he said, number one, Tanner seems to be coming from the assumption that most podcasts have good content and are not being found. And he doesn't like that there's good content that is being missed. Number two, listening to you, meaning me, he says, sounds like your assumption is that most podcasts need to work on their content before it will be found. And Brandon says, I think the truth is somewhere 
in the middle. Hmm. Okay. So he says, I, I think we all agree that podcasting has no algorithm baked into the process. And so in order for a show to reach critical mass, a podcaster needs to hitch their wagon to a discovery platform, whether it's Google or social media. And he calls social media digital word of mouth. But even then, having good content is not requisite for those algorithms to help you succeed. For instance, I think that the School of Podcasting is one of the best ways to learn how to start a podcast. But when you search how to podcast, I, me, the School of Podcasting doesn't show up on the first few pages, even though you create the show notes that Google can index. It seems to me that the only way to get that CPM ad rate level, which is around 10,000 downloads an episode, is to either have a paid marketing budget or have connections in your industry that will get you that word of mouth. I think saying a discovery problem doesn't exist ignores a flaw in the system that could be improved upon. Saying that the only way to be discovered is by giving ourselves up to an all AI discovery algorithm ignores the personal responsibility required to make our shows a success. Hope you're having fun at Podcast Movement. I'll make it there one of those days. So again, you can check out Brandon. He's got this new thing, shareyourpod.com. And when I went over there, there are two YouTube videos that you can watch of the previous event. I will be in Utah in September. I'll talk more about that later. Hopefully, uh, Brandon will be there at that one. But I, I, he, he, I like his thought here is like, hey, and, and, and why I like this again is it's a different perspective. And he said, listening to you, it sounds like your assumption is most podcasts need to work on their content. Well, that's because I work a lot with new podcasters and on the podcast review show, myself and Eric K. Johnson are helping people improve their content. And at Podcast Movement, Tom Webster had a great slide talking about why we're not growing our audience. And he said, so many people ask why or how do I grow my podcast? And he said, the better question is, why did my podcast stop growing? And according to Tom, it is the fact, well, I don't know if it's a fact, but it is the case that it appears no one is talking about your podcast. And he made a great point about it. If you think about it, Netflix, and I'm going to kind of chime in, I'm going to elaborate a bit on Tom's point here. Netflix, if you think about it, Netflix knows exactly what you like. It knows how far you watch, how many times you binge it, how many times you've seen it. And yet Netflix makes shows that fail. I find that somewhat head scratching. I'm like, okay, they'll come out and it'll do one season. And then what happens? Nobody's talking about it. The shows, my brother and I, on a regular basis, when you kind of run out of like, hey, the weather, hey, this whole thing, it's like, what are you watching on Netflix? And that's how I found out about Dead to Me. Uh, everybody at the beginning of COVID found out about Tiger King. We were all talking about it. And so it is part of that thing that if you aren't giving content that I sometimes call it back with, again, pre-COVID, but some sort of dinner party talk. When you go, holy cow, I heard this thing on a podcast and this guy actually had someone donate $10,000 to his podcast and somebody's going to go, what? So I think sometimes we miss that dinner party talk. And the reason for that, it's hard. 
it's hard to come up with something that somebody's going to go, man, I can't wait to tell my friend about this. But it does take some work. Doesn't mean it's impossible, by the way. And it doesn't mean you have to do that every time. That's my goal. But I just want to say thanks to Brandon for sending that in. And I'll take email for 200, Alex. Is that, am I allowed to say that anymore? Because Alex isn't around, poor guy. Uh, this is from Scott Johnson from the What Was That Like podcast. And it's very surreal because as I read this, I'm wearing a What Was That Like t-shirt. You can find Scott over whatwasthatlike.com. And Scott just sent this in. He said, I'm interviewing a guy tomorrow for the show. He was run over by a large ATV. And if you haven't listened to Scott's show, that's kind of par for the course. He has like the last episode I just listened to, and I actually had a driveway moment. I'll explain what that is in a second. But he interviewed somebody who'd been held up at gunpoint. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a spoiler here. Uh, she doesn't die because, well, I guess you probably figured that out because she's on the show. But there's so much that happens behind the scenes that I actually got home and my food was getting cold. I had gone to Chipotle and I'm listening to this in the driveway and I I very easily could have just unplugged the phone and plugged in some headphones. But I sat there in the car and listened to the end of that episode because it really was captivating. And what do you know? I just told you about that. So Scott said he was run over by a large ATV and he was trapped underneath for a while He started a podcast just to tell that story, and recently he was browsing Spotify and saw the School of Podcasting with people talking about what would you miss about podcasting. He heard Scott's clip, looked up Scott's show, what was that like, and contacted Scott about coming on to tell his story. Scott says, you just never know who might be listening. So if you're a person that's thinking of starting a podcast Again, I've had so many, we talk about because of my podcast, but you never know who's listening and you're not going to affect anyone. You're not going to help anyone. You're not going to make someone laugh, cry, think, groan, or educate if that file is on your hard drive. It's just not. So let me help you with that and let's get that podcast up and going. Thanks again to Scott and Brennan for emailing me. You can always contact me at schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. And speaking of getting email from listeners, you know who makes that super easy? That's right, PodPage. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash try PodPage, you can try this out for free. And what's great is as I look at my PodPage dashboard, I see there's website, there's episode and listener tools. And so if you were thinking of email, where would you go? That's right, listener tools. And when I click on that, I see it takes me right over to a contact page that is so simple to set up. It's like, wow, I don't know anything about web design, and I just set up a form on my website. It's got built-in CAPTCHA and other ways that you can use it to automatically make things easier is you can actually have guests fill out their own bio on the website, and then you can use that later in an episode. You can set up sponsors. You can set up things like Patreon and PayPal if you want to accept some sort of donation. It is so simple. You will be amazed. And I know a lot of people say, Dave, you're saying that because they're a sponsor. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's turn that around. Because PodPage is so awesome, I allowed them to be a sponsor. I have many shows like Podcast Review Show, Podcast Rodeo Show, Ask the Podcast Coach. Those are all using PodPage. And one thing I want to mention, I did talk to Brendan at Podcast Movement. 
And you need to go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash try podpage. Why? Because I want you to try podpage, but also there's a competitor that is basically buying all sorts of ads, even though their name isn't podpage, to kind of get people to use them. It's kind of one of those not really cool kind of marketing terms or tools to get people to go to their website. And so it's PodPage. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash try PodPage. And this is where I repeat it per nauseum. That is, again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash try PodPage. One more time, just for fun with feeling, schoolofpodcasting.com slash try PodPage. You started your podcast off as a hobby. And then it turned out that there were some things that you could help your audience with. And lo and behold, they started giving you money. And before you know it, you're like, oh, I think I have a business. What do you do now? Well, one of my awesome supporters is Greg over at Debt Shepherd. And so I said, hey, you know this whole finance thing. Why don't you come on the show and explain about starting an LLC? Here's my conversation with Greg from Debt Shepherd. Greg, thanks for coming on the show. But yeah. Great to great to be here, and um, hopefully we can put out some good info. Yeah, I know you've been in banking for twenty years. You've been, you know, just working in finance. And we had somebody ask about like when's the best time, or should I even uh, form an LLC? And I was like, well, I know somebody who kind of knows something about finance and banking and forming a business and things like that. And I reached out to you and said, hey, can you chime in on this? And you're like, absolutely. So is is this something that is um, something to be taken lightly or should everybody just be jumping into the pool or when do I need to form an LLC? Well, the answer to that question, and, and again, I'm not any, t- any type of an expert. We talked about that off mic. So anything yeah. you hear, dear listener, is just my opinion or experience. Yeah. Um, if you're asking that question, I'm going to assume that you're starting from the beginning and you've never formed a corporation. The answer is as soon as possible after you do some due diligence. So if you're thinking about it, there's a reason. Yeah. The saying is, don't try to say something well that's already been said incredibly well. So I'm going to borrow heavily from, I have a shelved resource that I've kept for years. The Rich mm-hmm. Dad series has treated this topic really, really well over the years. If you're not familiar with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, you can Google that. The Audible book is six or seven hours from the basic info I'm going to give you. The first hour literally could save you from absolute devastation of your business, your personal finances, your home anything you've ever worked for. And I'm not a scare guy, but even your marriage or even prison because that's happened to people. So I'm not one of those, oh, you're going to get sued. But there's really two reasons why you form a corporation. Number one, you're obviously performing a a service or providing a good to someone. Um, I'm going to try to stay in the mind of the person is forming a, a podcast type of a corporation. So there's two main reasons why we form a corporation. Number one, protection against excessive taxation. Um, that can save you hundreds of thousands over time. And the other one really is protection against lawsuits. So what you're really doing is, is you're creating a legal entity. Very, very simple to do that. And we'll cover that. So if something happens during the course of you conducting business, whether it's you personally or someone you employ, there's a barrier of protection between you, your personal home, finances, car, whatever it is that you've accumulated and lawsuits. That's kind of the primary reason. And then there's the benefit of, um, this is a big one because I'm a banker. 
you earn money first. If you're a corporation, you get to subtract your expenses. Then you pay taxes on what's left. As a W-2 employee, you earn your money, you pay taxes immediately, and then you get what's left over. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. I know uh, there was a great video on YouTube and Will Smith, somebody asked him, uh, would you rather be rich or famous? And he said, oh, he goes, you know, I, I love being famous and that everybody, you know, knows me and, and they smile at me and things like that. And he goes, but man, he goes, the minute I got rich, he goes, the first thing I had to do was hire a team of lawyers because everybody's suing me for the strangest stuff. So having an LLC as much as, you know, you think, ah, maybe I don't need that. I'm, I'm just a little podcaster. Maybe you do. Yeah. You may think as a podcaster, I don't really need to form a corporation. I, you just don't ever know. And it's always better to be prepared and have, have what you need available before something does happen yeah. than for it to happen. And then you need it. It's like insurance. Yeah. Right? You don't call them up and go, the tree fell on my house. Can I now get homeowners? No. Got to have yeah. it before that happens. So, Awesome. Anyway. What's our next step? Basically, I have six options. Do I start a corporation? Let's kind of start there first, and then we'll talk about the six options. So when do I form one? If you're getting ready to step out into the world and operate as a business, and you're dealing with people in any capacity, that's when you should start thinking about forming a corporation. Because it's a shield to protect you from lawsuit and to protect your personal assets. So if you've decided, okay, I want to do this, what are your options? We'll just look at the basic list of what's available. I'm not going to go into detail here because this is way off into the weeds. These are your options. C-Corp, S-Corp, LLC, which is the one Dave asked me about. Limited partnership. Those are the three best because they're separate legal entities. The other two are the worst. General partnership and sole proprietorship. Those other, those last two, if I were to steer you away from any, based on my, what I do know, general partnership and sole partnership, stay away from those. You have no legal protection of your personal assets. If someone sues you, you're fully exposed. Got it. So if you just said, what am I going to do? Which six? I would check general partnership and sole proprietorship completely off. Focus on the remaining four and then get in touch with somebody that knows this stuff, like good CPAs, good bookkeeping type people can help you. You don't necessarily have to go straight to an attorney. But just, I think this segment that we're covering is to start you in that direction. What do I need to do coming out of the gate? Yeah, that's it. Get informed and then figure out what steps you want to to do. Because as always, like we've already said in podcasting, it kind of depends on what you're doing and where you're headed and how you're going to get there and things like that. So one may be better for another person or things like that. Awesome. Um, The other thing about corporations is this. You may have heard this. This is an old, I guess, axiom of people that own companies. Own nothing, control everything. Meaning within the realm of your corporation that you create, whatever it is that you decide to create. That's one of the benefits of it is you don't own anything because you have created a legal entity. You have literally breathed something into life. And all it is, think of a manila folder with a piece of paper that says, Joe's Popsicle Stand LLC, you just created an entity that has legal rights. That's a little scary when it starts getting at the, you know, the higher levels, but you've created the separate entity separate from you. That is like a, it's like a buffer or a, or a kind of like a bulletproof vest for lack of a better word Mm. um, that can help you. So 
you don't own anything. The corporation owns everything. But you as the, whatever you are, the president, the CEO, however you want to set that up, you get to control all the pieces on the chessboard. But if something comes in on the radar and they're like, we're coming after you, you did X, Y, Z, and thus your personal assets are protected. That's really your, your main thing. And of course, as we said, you know, there's advantages to the tax stuff like we, we talked about. Earn, oh, yeah. You know, and deduct. And don't try to guess what you can deduct. Hire somebody that knows exactly what you can because it changes every year. Yeah. You know, who's, in, Absolutely. who's the president and whatnot. So, yeah. So, Greg, thank you so much for those resources. I'll definitely have those in uh, the episode description, show notes kind of area. And uh, before I let you out of here, uh, I talk about Debt Shepherd every Saturday because you're one of my awesome supporters. And I really do appreciate that. But for those of you that aren't up on Saturday morning, tell us a little bit about Debt Shepherd and what people can expect when they go over to check out your podcast. Um, I'm kind of the, just think of Dave Ramsey, but much smaller. Um, Very simple math. The debt snowball is very well known. It's real simple. $1 of debt minus $1 of debt equals zero debt. Um, I don't go technical on it. It's really, really basic. Um, And leaning back on, you don't need to go into debt to start your your podcasting. You really don't. Save up a little bit of money, get your tech going. Um, And I think the one thing that I would recommend is don't get stuck in the tech. Dave teaches this very well. I did that forever. I'm like, I got to get this amp. I got to get this thing. And then you never create, just create. It's like ready, aim, ready, aim, ready, aim gets me nowhere. Ready, start firing, just fire and correct as you go along. So yeah, the website's still up. Debt Shepherd will always be there. I think I'm going to keep that website up there for posterity and people do occasionally reach out. So if you did go to debtshepherd.com, there's the contact button in the about and there's the testimonials. Hit me up with an email. It's a basic coaching process. Um, we talk a little bit on the phone or just by email. It doesn't really matter. And then um, I do a quick little assessment and that's looking at your numbers. Um, we're not talking your tax returns or any of that. Just simple math to kind of find out where you are so I can try to meet you exactly where you are and try to get you where you'd rather be. And you now have started kind of a new side project, shall we say, involving making a sound booth in your closet? Is that... Yeah, yeah. Basically, when I moved to Nashville 21 years ago, I had come out of two years of terrestrial radio. For you young people, that means back when there was an antenna shooting a signal out of it all over the place. (laughs) But uh, I moved up here, didn't know anybody, didn't have any contacts. So I ended up working in a TV studio, just engineering stuff in the back. Mm. Um, Back then, to go to an audition, you had to physically travel to the studio. Fast forward 21 years later, I'm a banker now. You don't need to be in anybody's studio but your own. And the best way to do that is to turn your walk-in closet into a sound booth, which cost me about $125. And I already know microphones very well as Dave, Dave, Dave's <laughs> a, a tech guy. He knows nobody had to teach me. I just had never really used condensers before. I'm adjusting. Mm-hmm. And there's a very specific reason why they're so sensitive. But anyway, yeah, that, that's a fun project. And I am almost to the point of creating a demo with a coach this time. So if you are looking at podcasting, I'm going to plug Dave and you don't know any, you have no idea. The tech is scaring you. You don't know what to do. Hire somebody that knows what they're doing. Well, gosh, you know, I don't know, but just spend the money, scrape it up. If you have to spend the money, let that person give you their experience. You're going to save the time, the grief, the money, the hassle. Uh, Well, thank you so much, my friend. I do deeply appreciate you coming in and helping us understand, uh, you know, when to maybe start that business and 
the benefits of it and things of that nature. So thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. And I'll have links to Greg's website, to the Rich Dad website he was talking about, as well as if you want to get that book on Audible, you can get that for free by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash free book. When you try something new, you're going to end up with either a new skill, a new story, or a new lesson. Hopefully, you'll get all three. Glenn the Geek Hebert from the Horse Radio Network, well, he packed up his show and hit the road to hang out with his listeners. Take it away, Glenn! Standing next to me in my studio, the one and only, you know him from horseradionetwork.com, Glenn the Geek. How are you, buddy? Hey, Dave. It's good to be in your <laughs> studio. This is where it all happens. <laughs> and it's uh, very underwhelming, which is <laughs> good to hear. <laughs> It's intimate. Yeah, it's intimate. It's, it's, intimate. A, it's an intimate studio. I like that <laughs> very much so. So the last time we heard from you, I forget exactly where you were at. I think we were in uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. Yep. And since then, you've gone through Michigan, and now you're in Ohio. Yep. So what kind of fun shenanigans have been going on? Well, we almost got killed by storms in, in Michigan. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, we lived barely, literally barely, with the trees <laughs> coming down around us. And in a camper, that's a disconcerting thought because yeah. there's not much to block them. <laughs> so, but uh, one of the things that I said I would cover this week is how we do our, our morning show from the road. So we do a daily show. It's about an hour and a half every day. And we have to do that from the road. And I mentioned last week that we use the PodTrack P4 as my mixer. So the way we do that is I have my laptop, the PodTrack P4, and we do the morning show as live because we put it out within an hour of done recording. We maybe edit tiny little things, and then we put it out. So I have to get it pretty much done as we're doing it. It's as live. So I have to play the sound. And that's important because we do a lot of sound in our morning show. It's like morning drive radio. There's a lot of bumpers and sound. So the way I do that is I actually hook my phone to the PodTrack P4. I download all the sound to my phone, and I just use an app to play it into the P4. Well, I have a co-host who lives in Oklahoma. So how does she hear it? Well, that's one of the miracles of the P4 is I can hook my laptop to the P4 and we call her on Skype and we call any guests on Skype. And because the way the P4 does mix minuses and things, she can hear all the sound. Everything goes through the P4, including her sound, but she hears it back, which was one of the always the challenges we had, right? Is if you had somebody on Skype, you had to have multiple computers for them to be able to hear the sound. If you have one computer and they're on Skype and you're playing sound on that computer, they can't hear that sound. Right. So that's and, and your guests can't hear that sound. So if there's something you're playing for them, they're on Skype, they couldn't hear it. This I, this is not a sales plug for the P4. <laughs> Believe me, when I started this 12 years ago, we had a trunk full of equipment to get the same thing done with multiple computers and mixers. And you know, yeah. you know, it was awful. And now it's just become so simple. So yesterday. We had terrible internet where I was at this farm, where we we're staying at, at the listener farm. So I drove into town, found the tell. That's what you do. You look for the cell tower. We parked underneath it at a drugstore, hoping not to get arrested for sitting there for two hours. <laughs> so, um, and then I just hooked the P4 to the computer, my phone to the P4, called her on Skype, and I had my guest sitting in the passenger seat with a mic. And we did the whole show with the diesel running, air conditioner on, which you couldn't hear, by the way, which is amazing. Uh, and we did the whole show there without any power, running off the laptop. And my cell, my, my, uh, cell 
what was what I used for the internet. I used right. the hotspot on my cell and that's what we did. And we did the whole show from right there in front seat of the truck. Yeah. The great thing about a car is there's a lot of soundproofing to, to block the sound from outside getting inside. So that's kind of cool. You have a, a great little soundproof studio. Diesels are louder, obviously. Yeah. So we were wondering if the diesel sound would get through. It didn't, but I knew my audience loves diesels because they have diesel trucks to pull their trailers. And I was like, well, they hear the diesel running. That's even going to be better, right, for me. You know, if there's a horse winning in the background, it would have been even better. <laughs> so, And this was an inexpensive option, if you think about it. Right. right? This is $200. You got a couple of mics, a couple of headsets, and you can do a show from your car. And, uh, I and guess, the sound is good. Yeah, and yeah. I guess the worst case scenario would be if you didn't have internet, you could always call your co-host on the phone. Yes. And With the P4, you could do that. And yeah. that was option B, is if I didn't have good internet, then she would call me oh. and we'd record it the other way. There you go. She's at home. She can record it, right? So that was the other thing. Now, normally I make sure I have two backup recordings. So what I do is the P4 is the main recording. And then I just hit the Skype record button. I use Skype as my, it's not great sound, but if you lose one and that's all you got, that's what you got, right? Yeah. Otherwise, I think I would have to hook up a second laptop to get a good out recording. Yeah. You can't do that on the laptop the Skype person's on. So it won't pick up Skype from, from Hindenburg or wherever. Right. So that's why, and I know it's getting very technical, but um, I hope it's not over people's heads. But I just wanted to say you can do this for very little money, really. And and we were at a listener's house the other night out in the patio. It was a beautiful night in Kentucky. and Actually, my title sponsor's house. And we did the whole show with four mics from right there. Well, that's the other thing I noticed. You're not just talking to listeners you're also visiting sponsors Sponsors along the way who paid for this trip yeah you know so that's a great way to uh just another great motivation because in both cases you're building that relationship one of the challenges i said i would cover that too and we'll end on this one of the challenges is we are on the whole time because we're staying at listeners homes and farms and we're in our rv which gives us a break when we go in there but they're they're so excited to see you and they're so happy you're there. They're feeding you and they're, they're taking you around and showing you things that wears you out. It's like going to a conference. So we've determined now we have a four day break. I'm hanging out with you, but that's fun. Uh, that doesn't count. <laughs> so uh, we have a four day break. You need those breaks when you're doing these kind of trips because you need decompression time, yeah. especially my wife or she's going to divorce me. So, <laughs> <laughs> but there, that's how we do it. Next week, we'll cover something a little bit different. And you are going to be where? By the time I record this next week, we will be in uh, eastern Pennsylvania. There you go. Awesome. Thanks, Glenn. There is only one way to know if an idea is going to work, and that's to throw a saddle on it and take it for a ride. My thanks to my buddy, Glenn the Geek Hebert, for sharing his insight from the road. Find Glenn over at horseradionetwork.com. Yeah, it was fun having Glenn in town. My house has never been this almost clean. And uh, we did Ask the Podcast Coach with Glenn. So you can check that out at askthepodcastcoach.com. And we got into his travels a little more as well as answering questions as we do. That's every Saturday, by the way. If you want some free podcast consulting, go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash live every Saturday at 1030 Eastern. But it was a lot of fun because it's myself, Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv and Glenn. And we had a blast along with everyone in the chat room. And for the equipment that Glenn mentioned, of course, that will be 
in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 788. Also, if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash mygear, you will see a video that I have there that kind of helps you choose what's the best gear for you. So if you're stuck on that process, there is a list of gear as well as a video that explains what the heck is a clown nose or a pop filter or what mic do I need and things of that nature. Check that out again at schoolofpodcasting.com slash my gear. Coming up, a great way to market your podcast. I had a member of the School of Podcasting came up to me. I was standing at the Libsyn booth. He was kind of on his way to something. He was in a hurry and handed a little gray book to me that said, The Snowboard Project Season 1 Yearbook. And what I love about new ideas is many times you can look at that idea and go, oh, that's really good. And then sometimes you look at it and go, but what if we did this with that? And so what this is, it's actually really cool. It's super well, like it's quality paper and it matches the theme of their podcast. So if you go to the snowboardproject.com, you'll see that they have kind of a comic book kind of theme going on here. And so as I turn to page, let's say, oh, I don't know what page I'm on, but I'm looking at, at Jeff Pensiero. He's the founder and owner of Baldface. He's uh, from Nelson, BC. His Instagram is bald is beautiful. And we're going to learn about Baldface Origin, Craig Kelly, and success and growth. The duration is 49 minutes. Uh, his audio, that's interesting, was phone. And then it has a quote from him. And at the bottom, it has a QR code. And this is one of the things I wanted to talk about. I know years ago, people were like, hey, QR codes are going to be the next big thing, man. And we're all like, huh? Eh, don't get it. And I've run into two things where I was like, you know what? I think QR codes are going to be the next big thing. Number one, at the hotel in Podcast Movement, they don't hand you a menu. They like they have that little plastic thing with a, a paper stuck in it, and you just point your phone at it, and there's the menu. Think about how efficient that is. Number one, we're not killing trees. Number two, when you need to change your menu, instead of having to pay to have them reprinted, sorry, anyone running a printing press, uh, you just do it, and it's instantly. And so... I pulled out my iPhone and I, if you're not familiar with what a QR code is, it's this square thing that looks like somebody sneezed on it. It's all these black dots and you basically pull up your phone on an iPhone and it will look at the square thing and go, Hey, and in this case, it opened it right up in Apple podcast. And I went, Whoa. That's cool because I had an iPhone and I was like, all right. And then it dawned on me, wait a minute, I have an iPhone. Is this thing smart enough to send me to something like Google Podcasts if I'm on an Android phone? And what was interesting at Podcast Movement, it took me a good five minutes to find somebody with an Android phone. And so on an Android phone, if you have a newer one especially, it'll do the same thing. You don't have to have like a QR scanning app. You can just point your camera at it, and it sent them to the Apple link. Now, that's not as bad as it was years ago, but that's kind of like saying, hey, 
getting punched in the face isn't as bad as getting kicked in the jewels. And it's like, okay, yeah, that is better. But uh, so number one, great idea, because even if I don't use the QR code, just thumbing through this, and there were some sponsors in here that probably helped for this printing, but you can see exactly what you're getting into. You see what this podcast is about just by thumbing through it. And if nothing else, it you would know, hey, I need to go to the snowboard project. So I would have put the uh, um, website on the front page. So there's no website listed on the front or the back page. Or let me go through this here. Or on the inside page. So I would definitely have put my website there. And the other thing, and for the record, I'm not poo-pooing this. I thought this was really cool. I'm just saying, hey, this is how we could make it better. Number one, put your website on there. And then number two, there are tools that you can use that you can scan a QR code. And it will then look at your phone and go, oh, you're on an iPhone. And direct you to something like Apple podcast. If you're on an Android phone, it'll go, oh, wow, you're on an Android phone. Why don't you listen on Google podcast or something that's very Android specific? My favorite tool for this is my podcast reviews. Daniel J. Lewis is a friend of mine. I've been using his service for years. So not only do you get all the reviews from all of the different countries, but you have this link that you can send to people and it's a smart link. It'll figure out what kind of technology they're on and it will then send them the proper link. And I know I just said QR codes seem to be the thing that is up and coming. So how do I get a QR code for my cool, super smart link? I think he actually calls them love links because it's like lovethepodcast.com slash SOP is mine. Well, what's great about this is I'm using Chrome on a PC. I'm on the latest version of the Chrome browser. So I click on, and I'll have a link to a tutorial on this out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 788. And you can basically go to the link, click in the browser, and in Chrome on the right-hand side, there's a button that says, create a QR code for this page. And when you click on it, that's it. And you can right click on it and download it or things like that. It's really pretty cool. And that would be an easy way for you to put that QR code into any kind of flyer, put it on your website, whatever it is. For me, I'm going to copy this and put it on my future business cards. And that way, if I'm at an event and somebody says, what's your podcast? You can say, hey, pull out your phone and scan this and boom, It'll take them right to the app where they can subscribe. So I, again, I like this idea of having a print version, but I also am seeing where QR codes are going to be very, very handy in podcasting very soon. And my tool right now is Google Chrome combined with my podcast reviews of a link out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 788. I realized that was kind of geeky and I'll have a video for you. This is not an advertisement, but it's going to sound like one. But here's the cool thing. My buddy Steve Stewart, Mark Deal, they've been on talking about their cool podcast editors club. And they have a seminar coming up this August. It's August 28th. So that is eh, a couple weeks from now. Here's what you're going to, it's all about show notes. It is all about show notes. And they're going to talk about how to write epic 
episode titles. I've said that over and over and over. Please quit naming your episode, episode 16. That makes me want to cry when I see that. How to turn your show notes into blog posts that listeners will want to read. How to get the most out of Gutenberg or better known as WordPress. How to use transcripts, something like Descript for your show notes, SEO for show notes, shortcuts to better podcast show notes. Think uh, artificial intelligence, how to create short form descriptions from long form posts and expanding your offerings at as a show notes writer. You can register right now. Uh, you can get access to this. The ticket is $49 and I'll have a link to this out in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 788. I'm definitely signing up for this one. Hey, I really do appreciate you sticking around. I hope you found value from today's podcast. If you'd like to start your podcast, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code listener. If you don't need any help with your podcast but want to support the show, if you found value, simply go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash value. Everything we talked about today, you can find at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 788. Thanks so much for joining me on my mission to rid the world of boring podcasts. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. How to turn your show notes into blog posts and listeners. Uh, wait, I can't read mommy. And that little boy was my mom. Wait, no, wait, that makes me my own grandpa. I don't something.